Hey Justin. Hey Simon. We're back again. We're back again for another episode. What a month it's been. It's been a mad month. There's lots of things happening around the world AV wise. Between Ibiza with new team um, promotions. And then over in Las Vegas. Infocom. And uh, we'll ignore the fact that my dog has just come into the room to see what we're all about. Can we play the intro music? Yeah. All Things Techie Podcast, brought to you by two tech junkies, Justin Dawson and Simon Lang. For more, visit www.allthingstech.ie for all things techie. Someone was actually making comments, Simon, about the fact that our little jingle at the top of the show has an echo in it. Now, this goes down the audio route and it has www.allthingstech.ie. And I'm thinking... But no one uses www anymore. No, most times when you're talking about a website, you just go. Yeah, if you if you can't figure out that you don't need to put www in front of any address on an internet browser, you shouldn't own a computer at the stage. That's my thoughts. But it's also Google's got so clever or Bing that you only need to type in the full, and it actually does it for you. So episode two of allthingstech.ie, where myself and Simon talk. And an Irish perspective of everything AV and IT on a monthly basis. And what a month it has been, Simon. As we were saying, Evixa with a new uh, promotional lineup. Loads of movements around the European regions. We'll be talking about that. Infocom happened. In Vegas. In Vegas. Oh. It keeps changing from coast to coast. Coast to coast. Year. It looked amazing. Um, we were also following the hashtag non-com for the people that didn't go to Vegas, but... We're stuck at home doing AV work. But it's okay. We got to go ISE this year. so We did get to go to ISE. And we are gonna we might compare ISE and Vegas later on. Yanni versus Laurel. That was a big debate. Uh, Simon has not heard about Yanni versus Laurel. We're going to explain how Yanni versus Laurel happened and became the new... What was that? The red versus the blue dress. Do you remember that? Yeah, there was some kind of optical illusion. So this is an auditorial illusion is that they call yeah um how to play with people's heads with audio um i used to love that in in college like subliminal messages and how to play with people's heads not that we are going to put any subliminal messages in this program donate now donate now donate now (laughs) (laughs) we're going to briefly talk about gdpr oh but are we it's, sick of it? It sounds a horrible thing to say, but it's a very important to companies out there. So yeah, we, we have to cover it. and how GDPR affects us AV folk and security and locking things away. We are going to talk about product of the month, and Simon has the Google Home Mini. I just purchased the Google Home, and we're going to compare them, and we're going to also compare them to more smart devices for Internet of Things inside the house. U.S. lawmakers are asking Amazon Alexa uh, what information they collect on children and uh, some products that have been taken off the the shelves on the Amazon store. That's a hot topic as well. And some other toys that we heard about at Infocom. So if you want to get in contact with the program, as always, Simon has a Twitter tag. It's Simon Lang AV. I have a Twitter tag. It's Justin or Dawson. Or you can also contact us on our official website and see our show notes at www.allteenstech.ie. We will be on. We're on iTunes now, so subscribe to us there. But we will be on Spotify as well. Once we get over ten podcasts, so after ten months, we're allowed to join Spotify. 
Sweet. So then we can listen to it on the go on our paid subscriptions. And also, well, on our paid subscriptions. Or free. Or the fact that if you have one of these cool Google Home devices, you can also ask to listen to us as well. While you're doing the dishes or cooking that lovely dinner for your partner. And we are talking about, Simon, at some stage of probably going visual. So you probably will see at one stage our lovely faces if you haven't looked at them already on allthingstech.e. I just need a month's notice to do my hair. And, and so, yeah. <laughs> um, my cocker spaniel in the background in in my office here, just lying on, on the studio rug, just flaked out because it's been so warm in Ireland. Yeah, we've had such great weather here. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. We're going to talk about. Well, we can talk about the weather afterwards if if we if we get stuck on stuff to talk about. But we have so much so to go on. <laughs> now, I'm going to start off with Yanni versus Laurel. Tell me a bit about Yanni versus Laurel, Simon. It was brought up in vocabulary.com. Two sounds that, like, you know, when you want to hear how a word should be pronounced, and. I'm going to play two sounds here, and you're going to tell me straight away what you hear. So first of all, I'm going to play Laurel. 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 Okay, so glad to hear that Simon is hearing Laurel, right? I Tell me, we have a great website, and it's on the New York Times. We'll put the link up on the show notes. And you can play the two sounds of Yanni and Laurel. And you can see what frequency you start hearing Yanni. Now, some people say that it is priming. I have told you the two words were Yanni and Laurel. The first time I heard this during the month of May, the radio presenter played it on the radio and I thought they were saying a completely and utterly different word. Um, but because it got so popular, you started hearing about Yanni and Laurel. Oh, that's where I heard people saying you were primed up to knowing what the word was. So it's already you have a preconceived idea which one you're trying to. Precisely. Now, so it all goes down to radio sound frequencies and uh, short and long intervals of cycles per second, which is frequencies. And there's two distinct sections, one above a thousand hertz and one below a thousand hertz. And Isolating the basic low frequencies, you get closer to the word Laurel. If you delete this section on Adobe Audition, so you know the way you can see the side waves, and hopefully we're talking to AV folk, we'll put some photos up on the show notes if, you, if you're not following us. So they, you can isolate the low frequencies and the basic frequencies, and you will get Laurel. If you delete this section and left with the tinny high frequencies, you get Yanny. <laughs> And as well, you can play around with pitch shifters on Adobe Edition and you can get either. So we have it over on this little software thing on the New York Times website where Simon is going to keep on hearing. Laurel, 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 Amazing that it is quite accurate to the middle point of this bar where you start hearing Yanni, where you're totally isolating the sound. Yanni. Yanni. Now, I'm, are you Yanni. hearing Yanni? I'm Yanni. hearing Laurel now. Yanni. No, it's, Yanni. It's, isn't it incredible? It's just the way, and it's well, Simon, people say that it depends on what headphones you're using 
what mobile phone you listen to it on, what speakers, PC speakers you listen to it on. I listened to it that day on the car radio and I heard Laurel. I got home and I heard Yanni. Now, at the moment, listeners, I have it over to Yanni. Simon is now hearing Yanni. Yanni. I'm hearing Laurel. Yanni. Yanni. Now I'm hearing Yanni. Yanni. Nicely, Yanni, yeah. Yanni. <laughs> if you want to check out our show notes, you can do so at allthingstech.ie and uh, play around with Yanni versus Laurel. I'd love to actually create a new one of them and just become a Twitter sensation. That'd be a great way to get known, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe we can play the red versus the blue dress in a robotic sound <laughs> and put it up on audio. Allthingstech.ie You know what we also have to mention is that the iPhone and Apple and Samsung are now coming out with the next generation phone. That's the one with the squeeze. Rumours... That Samsung's going to do the squeeze. Because some of the phones already have it where it's it's where you're replacing. So like on the iPhone 10, where they took away the home button, they're saying this is a new way of controlling your phone. That The, the article I read last night saying for the Apple one, it was you squeeze it, but it actually knows how much you squeeze it. Just like how much you touch the screen. If you touch it or hold it, the squeeze also knows how much you're squeezing the side of the case mm. and it gives different features based on the strength you squeeze it. So if you squeeze it really hard, it might say, play a track. Or if you squeeze it gently, it might be open my Gmail or my mail app. Or So do away with voice recognition and facial recognition and do it on sensory touch. Now, they're still going to be the face recognition to open up, unlock your phone. But this is controlled. That's right. The right. the last Apple had done away with the home button. Home button. It became a digital home button as such. Okay, and face use more face on facial recognition. recognition. Yeah. Okay. Now, remember Samsung did that in one of their last phones, and people found a flaw in the system where you could hold up an ID photo against the screen and, and, and unlocked. I think they fixed it shortly afterwards. But that was some big bug. That was a big <laughs> bug. What was some of that iPhone had? had where you you could you could get into it via the emergency call button until they created yeah, a patch. Was, but there was things like that and they had issues with the maps one at one point where Oh remember used... Dublin Airport was like in Phoenix Park. Or something like that. Yeah, like they totally messed up their maps and they pulled their maps. But who, and... Does anyone use Apple Maps? Now, it's getting like, very popular. Is it? Because when you're going into the um, the auto industry, yes, the Apple, if you have a car that has built-in Apple OS, oh, it right. will want to use the Apple Maps. But if you have an Android car, so different models are going with like So BMWs with X, Hyundai's with Y. So if you go with... I a, didn't know that. If you go right. with a Google car, I'm going to call it a Google car. It's got to be an Android It's going to be Android. Uh, Google Maps is going to yeah. be on it. Where I think if you go with more of an Apple car, whoever has an Apple OS car. But I think, will they come out eventually where when you're buying a car, one of the customization is which OS I would want. hope so. I would not want... Sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to sound very anti-Apple now. I would not want an Apple car. No. So if, 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 if the car was as reliable as their product... The products are reliable, reliable, but once you get locked out of Apple, you are locked out. Like, brother-in-law got locked out of Apple. 
have to give his credit card details to get reactivated. Um, simply because my niece picked up the phone and started playing around with the pin touchpad, locked him out of his device. The setting was on that his whole account went into lockdown. He had to give us credit card details and it took nearly two weeks to get him back activated. I, I know someone who happened it happened to them with a corporate account and 10 weeks later... 10 they're, weeks? They're still unlocked. They can't so get unlocked. could you imagine if this was... The CEO to, of a big company. Could you imagine if you were driving your car and it's like, you are locked out. You cannot turn the ignition on this vehicle. Now, I think this it, is going to be the future, Simon. I, I think it's not quite that level. Of, I think it probably still requires your phone for the, oh, the Apple OS thing car to work. Right. So your phone is still required, so it's down to your phone. But I think it has some somehow, it must Bluetooth or wi- a local Wi-Fi connection in the car to connect. It's so that's just maybe the thing we need to do is car... That's a next episode that we have to have a look into. Auto. Auto, Internet of Things in cars. Because have you ever you've seen some of these articles where people have hacked into cars hmm. and literally been able to disable the the accelerator and the brake. Hmm. You see them in scary. Movies. You see them in movies, and, and you think it can't be done. done. Yeah. yeah. Where they're now like a car gets stolen, they're able to put on the brakes with the car driving down the road. But one motor company did a patch update on their SUVs. Customers were realizing that it is actually slowing down their car. They and they, the company in question said that, oh no, this is your imagination that it's a gas pump or whatever. But it literally they had to create a patch to, to over. That's crazy. Yeah. Now, now when you go into a car garage anyway, it they, you know, the first thing they do is plug the computer in. Yeah. It's no longer, oh, let's look under the... Or hot washing hot. machine or anything, yeah. 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 Plug in the USB key. Because I do know, um, I think it's Opel, have um, built-in hotspots um, in your car. So when you buy it, you're also buying a Vodafone. I think it's Vodafone. Um, like a, a contract Wi-Fi as part of your car. So your car is built-in Wi-Fi hotspot for all your passengers and yourself. <laughs> so as part of the car you're getting a nearly like a new mo- a new mobile phone bill do you know what I would like a car that had internet access and not for visually but being able to just turn around and go I want to listen to something on Spotify or I want to listen to internet radio as I travel I just want a car that has good bluetooth but like, I have a car that doesn't have bluetooth at the moment so when I get in I'd love my phone to be able to just automatically connect with my car yeah and have everything available. This brings us nicely onto our, our topic of conversation in today's program. You have the Google Home Mini. Mm-hmm. I have the Google Home larger mm-hmm. version. Main difference of the two is that there's a couple of, well, my Google Home comes with an extra large speaker on the base and the top of it has touch controls to increase or decrease the volume. So my mini has um, a smaller speaker, so I think it doesn't have a bass no. or a bigger bass. Uh, it has probably a low, it has probably a tweeter in the mid, mm. but not really a bass speaker yeah. where yours does. So it gets more, a more holistic sound, maybe yes. it's the best word, I don't know, it, the, yeah. a better sound. Where mine, mine, and then in terms of control, mine has touch in the sense of you can tap the top of it to turn your volume up and down. Okay. And I think it has a, a privacy button. Sound wise, is it loud enough? Now for the for the for one living room, no yes. problem. 
down the far end of the house and or um, in the bedroom, you would hear you'd know there's something playing, but you wouldn't be hearing it in detail. Okay, voice recognition. Or, uh, Quite is, good. Yeah. Yeah, and it has the feature where you could have two or three people in the house, so it learns what they so it knows if you go what's in my calendar, it knows it's my calendar. Where if my wife goes what's in my calendar, it knows her voice, so it tells them what's in her calendar. Now this is where you've hit a touchy subject with me and Simon over 500 comments on Google Home Forum it does not work with G Suite so G Suite so locked down that's the corporate email so locked down Gmail, but it's it's ridiculously in my view locked down because these are people that are paying to use the Google products the Google apps I have, as well as all things tech.ie, I have several domain names and all my emails are being used to G Suite. So I am paying subscription to have a G Suite account with all the domain names with my Google Calendar. Though I can't access my Google Calendar on my Google Home. Nowhere did it say that this will not work properly with so, so from someone who uses uh, G Suite in a corporate environment as well, I would think from a confidentiality part and a risk of information being given out, that's probably why it doesn't work. But but as an I but then the other side is your your level of your G Suite is a lot different to my level Correct. because mine I, mine would have confidential information. Not saying yours doesn't, mm. but mine would have confidential information that can't be leaked. And so the company Precisely. controls it. Where you would probably have a lower level G Suite package. So I think it should maybe be on the G Suite level of packages. But it, it Level of packages, correct. But even if that was the case and it's been used in a financial firm or a corporate, corporate environment, the administrator should be, like, I know that I have two users on my G Suite account. I can simply, by bars, on and off, can turn on different apps or turn them off. And get control levels is fantastic in the control panel of the G Suite. Why can't I, as admin, say, I want Google Calendars to work with Home? Home. It's, it sounds to me like a very simple function that Google could put on. 500 people plus on their forms writing saying that I'm sending back my Google Home because it does not do the functions that it wants. However, Alexa does it. And that's a competitor. Amazon Alexa can access G Suite and all the Google features. And if we want to take so it step, why? Yeah. And then you take it a step further. Alexa, we were saying, integrates better with installed AV. That, this Google is where, where we were going to come on to. If you were using some of these features in an AV build, I would definitely be aiming for the Amazon Alexa. And I think Crestron, as a as one brand, has already got stuff that links in with Alexa so you can go into a room and go presentation on and it turns on your screen turns on your projector xyz throws up all the information you need to start and that's literally with the amazon dot yes which is the smaller version of the alexa yeah now 
I know that some TVs now are being built in with Bluetooth, are being built in with the CDEC and it will turn on the TV and select the source and so forth. Do you need anything on the back of the TV with the Amazon dot to go turn on and do the presentation? It probably the Echo talks to a processor. Okay. So that's a complete room installation. Okay. Because you would have if you have speakers, but if you had just a TV and a dot, I think it it could possibly talk straight to the TV. And the only thing you run into is wireless presentation. So with an Amazon Home, you've built in casting. But lots of TVs, if you have an Sony, for example, have Android OS TVs, which has built in casting. Mm. So. There's lots of See, I know on. that I had to get myself a Chromecast, and I did go with the Chrome. Prices, I have to say, Simon, between the Google Home Mini and the Google Home, you're talking an extra hundred euro plus. Mm. Now it does give the base speaker. It it is louder. It and it has more functions on and buttons on the top, but I don't use the buttons and. For sound, I think the only reason that I bought it is for the size of the house and the sound. But I still had to buy a Chromecast to be able to attach it to my TV and cast. I have that from, so I have, for example, I have a Home Mini. I have a Nexus TV player. Mm. So the TV, the Nexus TV player is what does all the casting to the TV. So it saves you using your phone for everything. For to watch a watch on TV, it's all built into a, it's an Android player. So my home, using an app called the Home app from Google, you can actually distinguish. So if I go play something on YouTube, it turns on my Nexus player, Yes. which then plays it. But I say play something from Spotify, it goes, I'm playing this from my home mini because I, cause that's a speaker. So you can actually use in the Home app, you can... And uh, what? Apple pro- or what Google product you use in your home does what? Yes, yeah. Annoyingly, it doesn't use BBC iPlayer. It's not working in in an Irish environment, and that can come down to BBC. Yes. Yeah. Um, Netflix is brilliant. No problem. Yeah, you you will have to subscribe to Netflix, but I think it needs to be more when you're buying this off the shelf in a tech shop. The Google box needs to say, with an asterisk. Requires subscription. May not work with G Suite. Mm. Now they keep on. I've gone back twice already to Google. And said you really need to turn this on. to For G Suite. I've heard there's workarounds. With the Google Calendar. Whereas I can set up a separate Gmail account. Send all my email. Or link the two calendars up. But then I'm using. A non-paid Gmail account. To get all my email. Get all my Google Calendar entries to link up with google home so it defeats the purpose and it's a bit of a long-winded way it defeats the purpose mm. you know i just think that the google need to introduce this feature i am out there for listeners who's listening to this podcast who have told tell me that there's another way of getting around this and what about the homepod from apple homepod apparently released now in uh, 2018 so that, more than likely they're not going to be Google related it's probably mm. going to link up with Apple's I, uh, Apple's calendar Apple's mail so 
So in that case, it, they're every every company is locking itself into something. But Alexa is the How most come universal. Microsoft haven't come out with something? Hmm, that's a good one. Maybe something. Well, hello, Microsoft. Tap tap. What are you working on in the background? Mm. But I think like so, the HomePod we met is Apple. We got the Alexa or Echo or Echo Dot is is um Amazon, which is the most middle ground one of all of them. And then you got the Google Home. Yeah. So these are the three out there, but then there's loads of other ones I think that are generic. For example, um, the company from China, Zom I can never pronounce it. It's is Zami or X I O M A I or something like that. Okay. They're they do lots of copies of stuff, but they're massive in China. Right. So they have their own version, but it's kind of on an Android OS okay. kind of system. So there's loads of companies making their own. Samsung, I hear rumor have ones coming out. The place website that i've played around with and i don't know have you played around with at all it's a developer website called if that if this then that iftt and gives developers the opportunity to make a command saying if i ask google home the following say the following played around with it a bit as in i have it now that my phone will send me a notification saying Hello, Justin, how was your day when I arrived back in a set location? However, I thought it would work that Google Home itself, the device, when I walked in the door, would go, Hello, Justin, how was your day? I was just playing around with the, the functions. It does allow me to send reminders as a G Suite um, to my phone if I say send reminder. However, um, it doesn't come up on Google Home itself, sound-wise. And maybe I'm doing something wrong. Listeners, again, if, you, if you're listening in and you notice that you're doing it all wrong, Justin, on IFTT, let me know. Um, and have you come across, can you change the voices? So, for example, it can be a lady talking back or a man talking back? Or... Depending on who's talking to it. I was trying that with Jen. I was trying to get it so that it would uh, give her a male voice. Does it do that for Anne? Um, no, it's the same voice for all. Same voice for all. But I have heard, talking slight tangent here, I heard another friend of mine who bought it who has um, kids in late primary school, starting secondary school, and they use their um, Google Home for checking their homework against or helping with their homework. So he said, for example, they were doing a, a thing in geography on a lake in a certain country. They started. They asked the the uh, Google Home about this lake, and it started quoting Wikipedia and research back to them. While they're writing, and while they're writing it in, super. And, and then when they started doing maths, they were actually able to ask ask it, "Is this correct?" Calling out the sum, and it gives them back the answer. So they're using it to verify their answers. Um, Does it sort of take away from the parental role of Daddy, Mummy? Can you help me with my homework? Then how about in Ireland? Does it understand Irish? So, for example, if you're parents who are not very good at Irish, would 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 Google Home be able to help? Do you know what? We're going to add that into this podcast later on. I am going to check out. Can it tell me the Irish words for whatever? It it nearly goes Simple back stuff. to our, our episode one podcast where the teddy bear the, 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 can't pronounce Kieran. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and we we're still waiting for them to come back and discuss why when they're going to start doing Irish accents. The other thing that the 
Amazon, Alexa, and the Google Home, they're working on storefronts where you can buy your shopping and get it delivered. Now, to the extent where I think Amazon are slightly ahead of Google on this, where you can order your takeaway and it will voice recognize, make the call in America and go, hello, this is Justin's calling. I want to order the following pizza and get it delivered to my address. Freaky out. Isn't that like the one they demoed all these kind of things at the Google I.O. this year where they, That's correct, they did the hairdresser and they rang the takeaway to book it or not takeaway as a restaurant to book a table and they were able to under it where the person on the far end of the phone didn't quite understand they were still able to interact enough to make the booking and complete the booking which is kind of freaky so yeah i wonder could you go um could you time it could you say i'm gonna know i'm gonna be home at half five can you set something that the google home will order your dominoes at half five and when well, you, you're not, literally well, pulling into the drive the, after work, the then this guy is there. Waiting with the, text, the money off you. That is the future. Whether you like it or not, listeners, that sounds like the future. My question is, what happens if you turn around and said, I didn't order this? I don't know. <laughs> this, is, this is where it gets scared. Or what if, what if you're child's voice is being recognized as your voice i'm guessing google and alexa and all the smart devices realize that's a child's voice i would hope that i would hope so that their their listening technology my child ordered the pizza it wasn't me and as well as that your child 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 (laughs) your child's voice should be different because everyone's voice is meant to be but you do hear stories where a father and a mother is or father and a son is on the telephone to you and you can't tell which one it is did you hear that story and i'll have to put this in the show notes as well simon where lawmakers are asking if amazon alexa collects data on children but not only is these are these devices whether it be google home whether it be amazon are they listening to us constantly? It seems very much that it's yes. not just the command. I they are listening to us just constantly. Uh, don't be paranoid, guys, but I think this yeah. thing's yeah. Const- constantly on. If you go to your security settings in your Google account, you can hear everything that was requested. Correct. On your Google Home, or in my case, on my Google TV, my, vo- my remote is voice search. Yeah. So everything for the last four or five years that we've asked on our Google Nexus player has been there so i can actually hear my wife or my kid back from you can hear rebecca on it yes even though she hasn't asked the command no she would be in the background the noise of her in the background that is scary so to answer our question yes it does collect but the question is i wonder is how long they hold it for but with the new gtpr which we 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 still to get on to is yeah it's collecting but there was a conversation apparently with the Amazon where it collected the data, somehow sent it to a relative who rang up the owner of this device and said, I'm after getting all this audio. And it was a private conversation that got transmitted. Wow. Yeah, wow is right. Because that would be big, big security. Because imagine a... A husband and a wife having a conversation at home about something um, very private medically or something or legally, you could be very, um, could be, could be very dangerous because all of a sudden it could send something to 
the mother-in-law or the father-in-law or whatever and imagine what that would uh, could lead to so it happened in seattle amazon came back and said amazon takes privacy very seriously we investigated what had happened and determined that it was extremely rare occurrence we are taking steps to avoid this from happening in the future but how did it happen it's uh, you know did they use the words in in their conversation saying oh are you going to make a call to your aunt later on and amazon just said call my aunt and gave this conversation but you'd have to tell it to record this conversation first and then send it danielle said she spoke with amazon represented who apologized like 15 times in the matter of 30 minutes they said our engineers went through your logs and they saw exactly what you told us and they did saw exactly what you said happened amazon report has reportedly denied danielle's request for a refund on the device why <laughs> you said back to the device you're you noticed that it sent information that you didn't want to send to someone else and you asked for a refund and they say no. I don't have an answer to that. That was kind of like, oh my goodness. Because, but the other side, would you want it? Again, would you, would, so it'll end up becoming a device that sits on the shelf that no one will use again because they're afraid to use it. And same article, Google says it fixed the glitch that caused Google Home Mini to record everything that owner said. Yeah, so I remember that when I got mine first, there was a whole thing about that I was listening constantly, but um, where people, uh, then they recommend people should really hit the private button on the, it's a physical button. Mm. But then that really does away with the point because if you want to use it, you have to walk over to unswitch the private button Yeah. and use it where it, it should nearly be. Like I'd be hopeful helping when I say to Google, okay, Google off, it's off until I say, okay, Google again. And it's recording. I didn't even know you could do it. Okay, Google off. So there you go. Mine's just constantly on. I don't really yeah. notice. Okay. Yeah. I but don't know what. We've had funny. So our Google Home Mini is right beside our TV. Yes. And sometimes during a show. If someone says. Some th- certain words. It goes. Did not understand that. Please repeat. Mm. And you're just watching an episode of Chicago Fire. Yes. Or some kind of medical show. And it starts spilling at you. So da, 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 what da, da, would da. happen if there was an advert on your TV for Domino's Pizza? Go back to our state <laughs> of ordering food. Order today. And so the advert says, order today. Order pizza today. And all of a sudden, a guy rings your doorbell and says, you ordered your pepperoni pizza? I would hope I got a warning beforehand <laughs> to say your pizza has been ordered. So you have 30 minutes to kind of get me. Cancel, cancel, cancel. But it is very possible. It is possible. It's not very it's allthingstech.ie that's where our show notes are if you want to have a look and see what we're all talking about and go through some of these articles that we have covered or that has happened in the past month you can tweet simon at simon lang av and myself at justin or dawson and we also have a contact page on our site and please subscribe to us on itunes as well and we're very gdpr compliant because that's what we're going to move on to gdpr very briefly simon what do you make out of it all is it is it going to affect the av world yes yes so it's definitely briefly yes that's all we have to say about gdpr it has it's affected the world because now i suppose let's take it at a personal step first i've managed to tidy up loads of my subscriptions yes 
Absolutely. This is the best thing that's happened with GDPR. Do you email. want to still be be bombarded by the, these emails? If you don't reply to us within 24 hours, by May the 25th, we're knocking you off. But in my case, I as most people have, they have more than one email address. Mm. So I realised I subscribe to stuff on my personal one, my backup one, my work one, all for the same thing. So now I have it down to one place. And you know what? It, it's it's sort of like all those times where our ID card got scanned at ISE. It it deletes all those emails. No, there's a load. Of those, Unless you want to keep them. Yeah, there's loads of companies like that where you got scanned and you want to keep keep the information. And others is like, I know you exist, so I'll go to your website when I need because you. Because what GDPR for anyone that hasn't been bombarded by GDPR means is the European Union brought out regulations that says that eight person have to opt in to any type of mailing list and what where your data is protected so even if you buy something online it doesn't mean that they can keep your email address to bombard you with emails of latest products unless you've said you can yeah and then it also protects people who have subscribed to maybe some kind of database of stuff that mm. they then can use it's how your data party. is collected and stored and what data and what data because anything i've gone to in relation to preparation for it it's not just talking about oh they have your email address your mobile number maybe what age bracket you fall into they're fairly high level but if they have even more really sensitive information about maybe what's your fate mm. or what's your sexual orientation all of those things that's high end high end information that you companies can get humongous fines well one university this. in england two days before the gdpr uh regulations a hard drive got distributed found and distributed on the internet the university in question was fined one hundred twenty-five thousand. if they were fined now they say that it would have been quadruple that yeah i think it's quite a high figure it's it is a percentage of, turno- of your turnover. turnover plus or or so um, a set fee but the the difference is if you have a if you're a multi-billion dollar company yes imagine what 10 percent or five percent of your billions. turnover and it will happen and it will be billions. and that's not including all the cases where the people's information who were released could sue you also it has employed a whole new team of, of legal people, of legal people yeah. to understand this. And it does affect audio visual because if it's audio that identifies the person. Like, oh, a podcast. A podcast, yes. So Simon was here on Z-Date. Or uh, visuals, it, you know, it sort, of brings, it, it sort of brings into the question about CCTV cameras yeah. in, in, in stores. Like... It's constantly recording. Like, is the sign on? And I love a GDPR person to answer this, and I'll try and find out the answer by next episode. If you walk into a store and the CCTV cameras, and you see a sign saying "CCTV in operation in this store," can you go and ask for that information to be erased or viewed? So you viewed. can see what. I'm I'm sure you can say right. Well, you seen me walking around the store. I wanted. No. They're trying, the store's trying to protect themselves. Yeah. But it's your it's but it's your face. Yeah. 
interesting topic and it, it's one that is a total and utter pandora's box i think there's still a lot to come out of it there's still a lot everyone was supposed to become compliant by the 25th of may and i i don't know did you notice you want to get in every site now that you go on to you have to tick that box yes i accept and yeah i do want to which is a bit frustrating cookies. yes do you want to save cookies yes or no do you want and then the other one i get is do you want to save cookies and then do you want us to push automatic updates mm. or alerts to you so now you're ticking two things before you even hit a and then you have the privacy policy link down the bottom of every website and to be honest is anyone reading terms and conditions and privacy like even even on the run-up to gdpr if you read every privacy policy on what they are keeping about you, you'd be here till next year. And if you're just, say, for example, if you were reading Facebook's or Twitter's ones, you'd be here till next year just reading them. Yes. Yeah. 583 million fake accounts in the first three months of 2018. 583 million in the first three months of 2018. I think Facebook is ruined. How big is Facebook? Billions of sites, billions of profile pages. But I thought Facebook changed their security features where you would need a mobile phone number to activate an account. But the other side, if, you, if you're around any teenager, you will know as they sometimes change their phone on a monthly basis because they keep losing them. Mm. So they have to create a new account. But it, it comes into the whole idea of these data farms where they're over in China and the likes where... People are just setting up farms to try and track data. And they might have 100 computers on the go, 100 mobile phones on the go with different SIM cards, which they're buying for pennies just so they can try and retrieve people's data and information. The Social Network released a community standards enforcement report on the first time on Tuesday detailing how many spam posts it deleted and how many fake accounts it has taken in the first quarter of 2018. And they disabled 583 million fake accounts during the first three months of the year. That's an average of 6.5 million attempts to create fake accounts from January the 1st to March the 31st. But Facebook boasts, this answered your question, 2.2 billion monthly active users. And if Facebook's AI tools don't catch these fake accounts flooding the social network, the population would have swelled immensely in just 89 days. Um, and of course, they've been dealing with a lot Facebook in the past couple of months with Zuckerberg um, Facebook's AI went after 837 million spam posts in the first quarter nearly of what and do you know what I didn't like about uh, Facebook at least Google the whole idea of the referendum here in Ireland mm. the abortion referendum which has been passed since but Facebook was still doing Facebook live things and profile pages that were based in America, Uganda, the whole lot, whether you'd be voting yes or no. Trying to influence the Irish vote. Trying to influence the Irish vote. And that's why I'm nearly gone anti-Facebook. It has its benefits and it has its huge flaws. And I think at the moment, Simon, flaws is outweighing the, yeah. the pros. I do me. wonder, are we hitting, we've kind of gone over the hill a little bit on Facebook and it's kind of on a downward, like Bebo did and all those ones beforehand. But the other side, I think there's loads of Facebook being used for business mm. and in a sense of companies out there who don't want to pay for a website are using Facebook as their website mm. for, 
for communicating for the generation age has changed i think facebook now is for it's used a lot more by older people than us so yes. i'm saying in the mid 30s upwards mm. where i was reading the other day share photos share photos keep connected with family that is overseas and like that where i know his that younger generation even younger than us by a good bit snapchat instagram that's their social and i heard of another one called kick recently yeah and um, which which i was reading which is supposed to be very dangerous for kids yeah and i've that i was actually reading an article last night on snapchat educating parents of, about snapchat because parents don't know anything about it really um so i think facebook's core focus group has changed mm. where well maybe five years ago facebook was the in thing from a 13 year old to yeah, a 90 year old i agree i agree and so so i wonder has that also changed its priority? i think it's going to have to change its model again okay. whether it's going to be a broadcasting tool where you you use the facebook live etc but, but it has but doesn't facebook own whatsapp yes so it has it has it has its it hand in, in another field as well which is quite good so it's protecting itself there. yeah it's, yeah yeah and we won't even go back into all the political things of how uh politicians in america did not understand the difference between facebook whatsapp and so forth visit our website www.allthingstech.ie this is this story scared me simon we were talking about soft toys last month people were getting these as baby monitors amazon took off this product off their store because they seen how easily hackers could hack into a little teddy that has a camera that was being used as a baby monitor it's called Cloud Pets, a smart toy that researchers said was riddled with security flaws from its online store. Last week, Walmart and Target stopped selling the toy. Amazon began removing the Cloud Pets on Tuesday morning. It was it comes after Mozilla contacted Amazon, so Mozilla as in the Firefox, contacted Amazon with research showing the new vulnerabilities on Cloud Pets. In a world where data leaks are becoming more routine and products like Cloud Pets sit on a shelf, it's becoming increasingly worrying. Which Brings us back to you seen a router that you can have programmed to use um, VPN. VPNs for people that don't know what a VPN is, a virtual private network. While so basically, if you were at home and you wanted to protect what information you were doing on the internet, you can use these companies use them all the time for staff to connect back to their office when they're remote. Mm. So this is a product that comes pre-configured that you just plug into your router pay your subscription every month and um, it protects all your browsing information and all your tv viewing information which is also a whole other side of vpns that people are using it for to do with netflix and all that stuff. yes absolutely. So, so that's a whole other story a whole other board game and a whole, a whole different episode of all things tech but cloud pets made by spiral toys um are connected online uses voice recordings and online app to bluetooth but in 2017, hackers were able to access Cloud Pets database containing email addresses, passwords, and voice recordings from children, which cyber criminals held from ransom at least twice. The breach affected more than 800,000 people. Uh, Mozilla worked with cybersecurity research Cure53 to see the vulnerabilities in Cloud Pets. Still, after the original breach in 2017, they found that Cloud Pets 
Bluetooth vulnerabilities first demonstrated more than a year ago are still open. Now I heard that Bluetooth version 4.1 is actually not secure. Oh right. So I've um I've heard companies who have inbuilt Bluetooth equipment in their meeting rooms actually have the Bluetooth disabled because they're afraid it is a vulnerability. Interesting. So so the Bluetooth so for example if you have a soundbar or something in your office right. in meeting rooms where people could use their phone and connect to it by Bluetooth they're saying there's a vulnerability there that if that soundbar was connected it comes to back all to GDPR security AB and IT security and the way AB and IT clash clash uh, I think they're smashing together not smashing together to protect audio and protect, but also to and, protect the users and users because users are not saying they're stupid but they just don't think about that stuff yeah yeah and whether it be behind a VPN or firewall, there is a device. It then brings us back to iKids, where you say to yourself, if we put these devices on a separate network, separate to your main router in your house, it means hopefully you're under a different layer of security. security. But then you need some way of still being able to get into that. So the whole point of the monitor is so you can remotely monitor it. So yeah. you still need to be able to get into that private network. Yes. It's it's an interesting ball game. More more on our show notes, listeners, on allteenstech.ie. Infocom. We didn't get funding to go to Infocom yet. Uh, so now, so ne- next time, so it was in Vegas last year. It's on... In Florida. East Coast this year. Yeah. Next year. Now, I oh, was o- I was over with some of the Evixa guys in Munich. And, sorry, we must also say congratulations. Our, our friends over in Evixa, Chris Lavelle has been appointed uh, to a new European role as Senior Director of Development of Europe at Evixa, replacing Pam Taggart, who is moving to a global scale in the US. So, congratulations oh. to them. Ben, our friend Ben, he's taking over Chris's old role. So congratulations to Ben and Jennifer. uh, So there's loads of new roles. We're going to put that up on um, our show notes. But congratulations to all the people who we deal with in Evixa who help a lot of people. Evixa has really come on with the name from moving from Infocom. And talking about Cyber, did you see the clothing? Yes. At Infocom that Evixa had. Take note, we want this at ISE Evixa. Yes. Yes. I would love to wear a jacket. Around Do you know I, I'm getting a hip flask, face special hip flask? None. I would rather a jacket. You would like a jacket, yes. Okay. Uh, take note, Ben, Chris, if you're listening in, we want jackets, a mix of jackets. Or have them online and we can buy them. And Or have them online and we can buy them on, on, on the store. Yeah. Or if our, our great friend Chuck Espinoza is listening in, uh, I want my new CTS socks. The, the new brand CTS socks which he promised me but uh, if you want to just send us over some jackets because we live in Ireland it rains a lot a lot as we look out the window it's dry at the moment but, it, it, but that, that, I told you we would return to the weather such an Irish thing to such an about. Irish thing to talk about uh, Infocom I learned that it's cheaper to stay in hotels in Vegas than stay in Amsterdam like you can pick up a room there's so many rooms in Vegas because they try and catch you on the casino end of things. Or absolute pittance. Like you can get like a big room the size of this house for 50 or $80 a night. So at some stage we need to get, get to, to Vegas. Um, 
But in comparison to ICs, I know that you have to be in the area. The hotels are few and far between unless you're going to go right into the outskirts of Amsterdam. And we are being charged nearly 150 euro a night. And I wonder if that also part of the, they're looking at it that they believe the... Can name of the venue of the ours, Rye. The Rye is actually getting too small. It, it this is the debate that's constantly ongoing that the Rye is and I heard that it wasn't always in Amsterdam. It used to be in Germany at one stage, I believe. And I think it because they have another I think it's one more year on the contract mm. and then they're gonna start looking at it somewhere else and Bring it to Ireland. <laughs> Unfortunately there's nowhere in Ireland. There's nowhere in Ireland that's yeah. that's big unless we go out somewhere like into a hangar or Dublin airport or something mm. like that. But I heard like there's places in Germany that the rye would fit in the corner of. Wow. They're that big. Yeah. So I reckon. See, I've heard that it's definitely. not all about the, um, it's not all about the size in Vegas and uh, in America. If they compress things down a lot more and you can get around and see the tech. A lot of the AV folk and AV tweets say that there wasn't much swag to gather and similar to what we felt at ISE uh, in February. Yeah, companies seem to be cutting back on Cutting them, back so. and doing more the party route. Cool toys and I like this toy from uh, Marantz. Put it up on the show notes. It's called the Turret. It's a HD camera, microphone and LED light rig all in one. It's, it looks like a little mini um, stand. For podcasting. For podcasting and well if you wanted to i guess you could use that as well um for uh doing skype or video calls but it's all in one. and it sort of goes back to your sound bars and video bars that are becoming so popular with huddle spaces mm. in some installations that you're doing yeah so it, it seems to be the new thing now that um people want quick instant meetings with very little setup and um, where sound bars are the new thing because it's simple you're mounted below a tv you run a USB to the table and a HDMI, and that's it. I, it goes back to episode one. I think Polycom need to change their design with regards to video mm. conferencing systems. And Everything's even, USB. And I even know as now that there's no need for traditional VC rooms anymore. Yes, Immersive um, rooms are not required um, to the point where people aren't installing them. It's all your laptop is the it center point. It comes back to user experience and end user experience of being able to just go into a room, click a button, and they're talking to it. And I wonder, with the introduction of USB-C, that mm. now rooms don't even need to bring your laptop. You bring your phone, which is USB-C, USB-C connected, and your phone becomes the center point of your call. Yes. So you're, you could have the Skype app on your phone, or your Hangout app, or your Meet app. Has to be then, the way then, forward. And then you don't actually need to bring your laptop anymore. Mm. to to your meetings just your phone and that's it another thing that came out um you've been doing a lot of crestron lately with installs the crestron dm nvx secure network av solution they've been around now about a year and they're absolutely brilliant from an it security point of view they love them they have a lot of explain stuff to me what briefly so this box basically it can be a sender or a receiver box it's just simple setting on it okay so if you want to switch so you can send it over so sending your video and your sound over an ip network 
So it's AB over IP. Yep. And, and so, so you can basically, if you have only a few rooms, you can just use the box and you can then web interface into the box to configure it if it's going to be a sender or a receiver. But if you have a large office installation, you actually can get a director unit, it's called, and it manages the whole network for you. So basically, you could have one room. So this has gone away from room view from Crestron. This has gone into, what, what is Crestron calling this product name? Um, it, it's just the Crestron MBX. MBX. Product. Uh, but the software to... to, to it's actually all web-based. It's based on the unit itself. Oh, so, wow. So okay. it's still based on Crestron. If you go to a Crestron Mercury unit or a Crestron Fusion, they all tend to look very similar in graphically layout. But this basically allows you to send your same. So if you have one room, mm. in theory, you could have your director presenting or your CEO presenting in one room, and you could actually send that video presentation to any room in the whole building which is ab over ip and kramer atlona also doing similar products and we AMX. will and amx and we'll cover that uh, in future episodes dan duggan we met dan duggan over at ise and we didn't even realize we met yeah. dan duggan at yeah. ise we love that guy because he's made our life so much easier dan duggan sound design is launching a model e2a an auto uh, microphone mixing console with analog and adat IO. Uh, the E2A incorporates 28 channels of processing. We never did 28 because channels. We, all, we used to use the one that had only eight, eight channels. Yeah, plug, 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 and it did its job. We used to love the auto mixers and we love Dan Duggan for making our life so much easier. I know he's incorporated them into some of the Yamaha desks and stuff like that as a kind of a plug in. So if he ever comes up with putting them into any other desk, I will definitely like it even more. We will email Dan and ask him to listen to this podcast. Black Magic unveils at Infocom a pocket, pocket cinema camera, 4K next generation digital film camera with dual native ISO, 4.3 sensor and USB-C recording. Holy God. So this is like um, Black Magic chasing the GoPro. Uh, but like even better side like black magic for broadcasting i just think that's that's the future they of broadcasting amazing stuff for God's sake. the revolutionary black magic pocket cinema camera 4k puts the latest digital film digital film technology in the palm of your hand 4.3 sensor 13 stops of dynamic range and dual native iso up to 25600 so you get stunning hdr images and incredible low life performance can you imagine going into uh, a photo development shop and go here's my 4k image i want that printed out in 4k and they come out with a little uh and i want it in a1 size which is the size of your wall <laughs> yeah and yeah the problem is do we have printers that will develop photos of that size and caliber um it, and then it goes back to you try and put it up on your monitor and people will buy a small hd 1080p TV screen and lose all the pixels. Yeah, where we're now that 4K TVs are just standard, it actually would look amazing. It would look amazing. We're going to finish off by uh, this. This was an interesting one that I got on my LinkedIn profile recently, um, and it's going into the more IT than anything else. Um, LinkedIn are now surveying people's salaries. Um, I noticed that. For accountancy, especially for my wife, they they send emails going, "Hi, would you like to complete the following survey, and we'll send you the results of how much people are getting paid, good or bad?" 
I would love to know what people in the AV industry in Ireland are getting paid, mm. so I can benchmark Absolutely. what I should be getting. Uh, yeah, because often the closest thing we're benchmarked against is IT Absolutely. professionals. And I, and I know a bit are doing some uh, reviews on salaries and stuff like that, but it's very American. Yeah, mm. where I know it's Ar- take note. Ireland and the UK are slightly different. I know, but that's they are they are very different. And in terms of wages we mightn't be we're not probably seen as um, as important mm. and it's it comes down to job titles and descriptions mm. if you go onto a job site we do fall under it too much yes yes but we do need to know a lot of it to do our job mm. so that's i suppose why but we still carry another skill set a normal it technician doesn't have like sound yeah normal it technician isn't really sitting there going how do i edit sound or how do i understand why am i only hearing this in outer phase or why is this person sounding this way an it technician doesn't think like that it technicians don't know what a mixing desk is yes they actually freak out when they see a mixing desk yes it comes back to our our t-shirts that we go and our quote on our website allthingstech.ie we do know what a mixing desk is yes yes Um, because I even know was like now mixing desks are digital, so they are getting more computerized. But it still comes yeah. with the analog feature or the traditional features of high, mids, lows, fader, auxiliary, auxiliary. Oh, auxiliary yeah. groups totally freak them out. Yeah, I've seen I've seen it totally throw someone sideways, and you go, oh, there's sixty channels of auxiliary there, and they're gone. Or what? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. So, so we we have to realize, and then. Then you throw a whole spanner in the work and go, oh, also it's connected by Dante. So we've got our 256 channels of audio coming over this single Cat5 cable. <laughs> and they're just going, you did what? Yes. So, so I it know does throw people. We're, we're doing, so we're, we're trained audio sound engineers. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued of what LinkedIn are doing here. Um, GDPR and go in with... Do you want to tell people your how much salary? I, you know what? If the if the information is kept confidential and it's going into a survey and they're going to give us results of how much it is, yeah, as long as like yeah, they're anonymously, saying, as long as it's going, oh, X person is getting this and Y person is getting that. That's not what we want. We want on average of surveyed people living in Dublin, in this field, are earning between this and this based and it doesn't even have to be linkedin but if if there was surveys that were going out about salaries for av people i'd be interested (laughs) we have to talk about app of the month and we're taking this as we're going to spread this over a couple of episodes of av apps that you would use on your phone okay Hmm. now you have both an apple and an android phone one is an apple for work the other one is an android phone um I would love to find a good app, Simon, that would me- do measurements for me as an uh, AI type of... So, I've seen apps that are, you can do like room surveys. Mm. So Even Chuck mentioned they, a couple of them at uh, Infocom. This you year. hold up the phone, you can start u- using the camera on your phone to measure the height of a wall and all like that. But we often need ones to go... Based, if I hold this up against a monitor, it can tell it's a 55-inch monitor. That'd be super, wouldn't it? And, or that screen is X. So the furthest person away, based on if, uh, the CTS... Discus model? Yeah. 
where of how far away you the person should be sitting if it's really detailed text mm. all that kind of stuff the they do have like apps that i've come across that are free that you can do the av math calculator on it okay fair enough but it'd be great it like you say if you could hold up the phone and go that is a 58 inch screen yes and if it's even more clever since ai is kicked in it goes oh i recognize the logo on the bottom that's a sony so that must mean it's a Sony 55 inch and it could be X models. Please choose your model. Bump brings you to the data sheet of that screen. There you go. So I think Kramer, I think it's Kramer. I'll have to double check on it. Kramer's website has a fantastic drop down of cables and buying cables, audio cables, visual cables, whatever. And you can go, can I get this cable with a female end of this to match a DVI connection of that? And they'll tell you yes or no, or they can make it up for you. So sorry, sort of sidetracking the app idea, but that's what we need AV wise. Where, like you say, you can hold it up; it will tell you the connections on it and back. AI wise, M- massive room for every AV company to do those type of things with AI. But the, with the measurements ones, I've seen some free ones, and I'm thinking. Okay, I'm going to download this. Some of them cost $4 or something. I might buy the $4 one where it does measurements and it's supposed to be able to, you can draw the line and you can map it out. How accurate it is? Would you want to still get out your measuring tape and measure? I think for the, probably. First, the first few times I would yeah. just for peace of mind. And if you came up with the same figures, then you start trusting it. But I, it, it, it's even room for AutoCAD for card drawings to make an app where you could go around a wall and draw it and import it directly into AutoCAD. Yeah, because or even Visio or something on, oh, a, basic, on a basic yeah. level or something like that. What cool apps have you do you have on yeah, your phone? The ones that probably I use the most, I use a Spectrum Analyzer. Yes, so when I'm so important to have a Spectrum Analyzer. So I use this for when I'm doing events. And sometimes you're trying to find that random little frequency is what when you're tr- say say in a church or a, in an event where there's just someone with a slightly quirkier tone in their voice and you just can't find it on the mixer. So if you have a really detailed digital mixer that you can actually kind of go down to a frequency and really kill it or boost it, I often use a spectrum analyzer just to kind of help me do kind of get an idea where it's it's kind of peaking a lot be cool again if you could talk into an app like google home or whatever but if it could recognize what type of tone and frequency of the voice it is actually the one i would really love is i have an app on my phone and my mixer has a usb out to usb c or usb or usb mini Mm. or micro so I can actually plug my phone straight into it. So my phone is actually connected to the desk. So it's getting a feed from a particular channel or from the whole mixer. And it's, so it's not actually using its inbuilt mic. Right. It's using the information from the desk on your spectrum analyzer. Or third side, you just buy a desk that has a built-in spectrum analyzer. <laughs> that could come in easier. Um, what, so give me the name of the spectrum analyzer you have on your I phone i use one called advanced spectrum analyzer that's on android free of android, charge yes free of charge or i have an one called sound spectrum analyzer so they're both freebies that i and that's where i go with freebies all the time for the android and, and that's um, and now we're moving on to the apple phone the apple phone do i actually have any on my apple phone 
No, I don't. Most of the ones in my Apple phone are actually the reverse. For we have um, Soundcraft desks, mm. a desk in work, so you can actually control your Soundcraft desk using a Wi-Fi connection with your phone in its app, so you can actually can walk around the room and boost the audio boost the audio and, and the page so my desk can be in the far corner in ops but i can be right up beside stage front or back far rear the other side and i can tweak a little bit of the speaker or a bit of an eq for that side of the room and very important when you just can't get back to your mixing desk because there's that many tables in the room yeah or something or like something. that like that or the other side is you can actually have a mixer set up and run it from your ipad or your iphone from outside of the room which is audio uh, IP, which uh, these are all things that we're going to cover very heavily uh, in the next few episodes. We're only just in our infancy with episode two of All Things Tech. I think it's time to call it a day, Simon. But don't worry, we'll have lots of stuff for the next show. We talked about Google Home, Google Mini, give us your reviews. We talked about toys that uh, are they safe for kids baby monitors if you have any stories please do let us know gdpr uh, gdpr what is your view on it um on an ab front um and wage, also wage surveys from linkedin yes yes wage surveys for linkedin um if you were at infocom what did you like what didn't you like did you pick up any swag apart from the Avixa jackets and stuff that was sounds really cool um and if you have creating a new yanni versus laurel please let us know if you've been playing around with audio editing software um, and apps if you have any really really cool apps we don't care if they're free or paid let us know and we'll review them and we'll review them all things tech.ie you can tweet simon at simon lang av and myself at justin Lord dawson thank you for listening to episode two with a better microphone in uh, our new studio environment uh here in Dublin. Um, stay tuned for more and visit our show notes at allthingstech.ie. All Things Techie Podcast, brought to you by two tech junkies, Justin Dawson and Simon Lang. For more, visit www.allthingstech.ie for all things techie.